Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, happy Thursday, and welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast, presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And how's it going, everybody? I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I just want to thank you for joining us today. We kick off one of my favorite series, Countdown to Camp. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And Nick, we've been counting down to camp now for seven years. That's just crazy, isn't it? And now we're taking it countdown to camp from all the previous podcasts to the chgo bears podcast so i'm glad we got to continue this uh seven year segment absolutely and i take immense pride in this like this in my humble opinion the best way for bears fans to get prepared for training camp hell the bears told us last year that they had people that they hired in their pr department listen to the series to get caught up on the team so that's just kind of a snippet of what you have in store here today. We have a ton, and I mean a ton to sift through and not a lot of time. In fact, Nick, you do have one quick update that you want to share before we get started. Yeah, so really quickly, um, obviously everyone knows about Lamar Soup Campbell being fired um, recently, and the Bears actually made a, a new hire in Mike Wiley Jr., and he will join the football operations staff as the Director of Player Development and Mental Skill, again, essentially replacing Lamar Soup Campbell's role, who was the Vice President of Player Engagement. He'll report directly to Ryan Poles. And Wiley has helped uh, counsel high school, collegiate, and professional coaches and players throughout his 10-year experience as a counselor and consultant, what his skill set kind of looks like. A few of his focus areas include growth mindset, managing performance anxiety, psychological flexibility, integrating values into performance, effectively coping with adversity, building self-confidence, team cohesion, and developing proactive mental skills. So that was the new hire that the Bears announced yesterday. It was sent to the media. and just wanted to share that along with the listeners. Awesome. I appreciate the update as well. I would love to have a conversation about this, maybe a little bit more. But like I said, there's just too much to get to, and I want to make sure that we are able to do this entire rundown I have in store for everybody and before we actually kick off, here's a quick synopsis of what Countdown to Camp is, if, in case you're new, uh, before we officially kick off. So this is a positional preview where we're going to discuss every single player, every single position. Today, starting with the entire secondary. So we have to condense two positions into one show. We like to set the stage for the uh, that player and their season, discuss the big question around each player as well, and we'll also share some season predictions at the end of the show. So like I said, two positions to scrunch in today, Nick. Are you ready to get moving? Let's go. 
All right, first up, and I like to do these in tiers too, by the way, like tearing off different players. So tier one, and I'm going to begin for the second year in a row with Jalen Johnson. Now, he didn't take that year two leap that we were discussing this time last year. He did come away uh, with his first and only career interception so far, but he did have less plays on the ball overall last season. His PBUs went down to nine from the 15 he had as a rookie. His forced incompletions went down from 14 and it trickled down to eight. So, Nick, my big picture question for Jalen is, why do you believe Johnson will be better set up for success in year three, and why should Bears fans have optimism around, I'm going to call him CB1? Yeah, I think the big thing for Jalen Johnson, this scheme's going to allow him to play fast and instinctively. So, uh, last year he couldn't take as many risks knowing what the secondary that he had behind him, and when you're covering and shadowing the number one wide receiver – it, you you got to be very strategic if you are going to take those risks when jumping routes. So with Jalen Johnson and now an upgraded overall secondary and being in a more simplistic defense, I expect him to show more of those abilities to get his hands on the football or even intercepting it. He has that one career interception against the Bengals, but in this defense, he should be he should just have overall more opportunities. Now, I love when he always point like, oh, that Bengals game was great. Uh, in fact, Joe Burrow had a passer rating of 0, 0.0 when he targeted Jalen Johnson in that game. That's a nugget for my Jalen Johnson preview article. Uh, so I just wanted to share that uh, for everyone here. And like you, Nick, I think schematically this defense is going to cater to his skill sets. Coming out of college, he thrived in his own scheme where he's able to keep his mm -hmm. eyes on a quarterback, read, react, and go for a football. And that's what he's going to be asked to do here yet again. And he doesn't have to be that you know alpha guy that goes from sideline to sideline shadowing the number one guy. He should have some more favorable matchups, and we'll see how often quarterbacks want to throw his way and test him. And I just want to see him – returned what we saw as a rookie in terms of the, the ball production. Like if he can get 15 PBUs again this year, I'm happy, but the turnovers, they need to start coming. We need to have those impact plays. The bears are preaching them this year. I uh, will see if he kind of reaches that next step and what the bears are hoping for out of him. Is there anything else on Jalen before we move on? No, I think the big thing too, maybe staying healthy with the, the shoulder injury that kind of crept up at the end of the year. So maybe that is something that obviously injuries happen, but if he can play a full season, will. That's definitely going to do you know good things for him in terms of production and what you want to see out of him in year three. 100%. Now we're going to go from a cornerback to a safety. We're going to be all over the place here today. I want to talk about Eddie Jackson. He's up on my list because, well, yesterday we both ranked him as the fourth best player on this defense, which I know surprised Adam, and I'm, I'm sure it surprised some of our listeners as well, and I genuinely believe that. You know, Eddie Jackson that we saw as a rookie in 2017 and also the player we saw in 2018, he's still in there somewhere. I said this yesterday, but I just want to reiterate, like he he's, he hasn't gone away. Like he's still someone that's capable of playing at a high level, but for some reason, the prior coaching staffs weren't able to really tap into that. So I expect Coach Eberflus, Alan Williams to really challenge him to play at a higher level, set a higher standard for Jackson than we've seen in the past. No more complacency with him. He's going to pay too much money to just sit around and be you know, content where he is right now. And I'm also just adamant uh, that another player we'll talk about later, rookie Jaquan Brisker, playing alongside him is just going to make a ton of difference as well. And now, of course, maybe we need to check ourselves a bit. You know, I can't and neither you know anyone can really bank on all of this happening but i do have hope uh, so much you know has changed around jackson over the years and i think this year it looks to be better so nick i just want to know like what are the realistic chances of say eddie jackson returning to 
80% of the player that he once was. I think we'd accept that. We take that. Like, what are the chances of that actually happening? Well, 80% too. I'm like thinking back to like 2018 where he had what the six interceptions and was just creating turnovers all over. I don't know if he's going to be that type of player. Well, but even last season, like he was close and especially as a safety, sometimes they don't get credit for some of the plays that, you know, ultimately aren't made when he, a ball doesn't go deep on a design vertical route. Maybe the safety's just in great position, but they don't get credit for that. So I think Eddie Jackson last year had a better season than the year prior. But the big thing for me, where where Jaquan Brisker kind of factors in here, he's already said as a rookie, like, I want to play in the box. That's going to allow Eddie Jackson to be more of that free-roaming safety, where, honestly, he feels most natural at. He admits that, and that's okay, because that's where I think Eddie Jackson can just benefit and actually impact this defense the most. But to to say, I, I don't think he'll ever be back to 2018, but he still can be an effective player. Just get those, maybe one interception, right? You haven't seen one in the last two years. So if he can do that, that's also creating an impact for this Bears defense. But again, this cover two scheme should care more to his sideline to sideline speed and allow him to use that range that he still has, Will. So if he can do that, you'll see a better Eddie Jackson in 2022. Do you still think he leads the league in a almost interception category? Yeah, I hope that almost turns actually into interception. But yeah, he's been unfortunate with a couple penalties. I think of the Carolina game. What was that two years ago now, Will, where it was just taken away on some penalty. But yes, Eddie Jackson, unfortunately, is that category. Hopefully those those can be solidified interceptions, though. So you say Eddie Jackson, Carolina. I think of the game that you and me and Brandon went way back in the day. 2017 oh, is rookie right. season, multiple touchdowns. That's the Eddie Jackson that I would love to see back on this defense. And a lot of people in the chat that I've noticed are kind of on the same thing, you know, saying that that Eddie Jackson we see is going to depend on his level of buy-in. I saw that from Southwest Atlant uh, Outlander, J.E. Uh, mm -hmm. Hendricks said that the Nagy regime allowed him to, kind of, after Fangio left, allowed Eddie Jackson to play a little lazy. I agree. We've talked about that in the show as well. So everyone seems to be in the same kind of category and boat that we are with Eddie Jackson heading into this season. So let's get to talk about some rookies now. I'm excited to jump right in there, and I'll we're going to play this dancing game back to cornerback over to Kyler Gordon, the first rookie in this first tier, this upper echelon that we're talking about right now. Gordon was drafted by the Bears in the second round, their first draft pick of this year, uh, first of the Ryan Poles era, and we've talked a ton about him on the show since then. I know I'm personally super excited uh, to see what kind of rookie season uh, that he's going to be able to put together. He's full of potential in you know all of his area of his game and honestly where he needs improvement uh, in terms of like reading reacting a little quicker trusting his instincts that's all coachable so that's what gets me even more excited uh, about the potential for gordon to be an impact player sooner rather than later but i did say in my preview on him on allseasjoe.com like hey like we should probably go into the season just expecting some highs some lows rookie cornerbacks tend to have it you know, very tough in this league. And I would expect Johnson to have his fair share of growing pains. But what do you think we're going to see more out of Gordon this season? Are we going to see more highs or we're going to see more lows? Is it just going to be somewhere neutral? What's your gut telling you here? Again, it's only July 14th. You've barely been able to see him in OTAs because he's been dealing with some injuries. But what type of season do you expect out of Gordon? Well, he definitely has the potential to have more highs on this season. Just from what I've seen in a small sample size in OTAs, that body control, athleticism, quickness, burst, all the characteristics you want to see in OTAs and minicamp. And that's what Iberflus was even saying. Like, we want to see the body control. He's already shown that. 
And he's already created some turnovers alongside with all that body control and the athleticism. And I think for, for Kyler Gordon, the one thing that, you know, we have to be mindful of. On the very first practice we were able to see him, he got a cramp. And since that very first practice, he's been in and out of of the lineup in terms of uh, actually practicing. And you still want that to be an indication of what may come this season. He is very athletic. He's going to put his body uh, in positions that maybe seem weird to us. But he's about, you know, he has that kung fu and ballerina background, that competitive dance background that he can do that. But you're also putting your body in weird positions. So hopefully he can just have a healthy season. Well, I think regardless of what the production is, usually uh, second year or second round cornerbacks in their first year don't get a ton of interceptions. That's usually the the history on them. That's all right. If Kyler Gordon can just play a full, if he can play a full season, well, I think you're going to see a lot of highs in what he can potentially do later on in his career. If he gets a pick six and he dances in the end zone, and I call him a bear, a bear arena, is that too much? Oh, where's Adam? He's going to be like, oh, show's over. <laughs> he's probably listening and like, I'm off. I'm on vacation and he's going to go, you know, back on the course and uh, regret ever tuning into this show. But come on, I, you know, I'm going to bring some of the dad jokes. That one is not planned. You said ballerina. And I was like, I can, I can work with that. And that I did. Uh, Zach asked me if I can do a comparison of how other rookie DBs have done the scheme in the past. I'm noting this. I think that'd be a great exercise uh, for me to do. And uh, I'll report back to you later, Zach. Thanks for the idea. All right, that's it for Kyler Gordon. Let's move on to his counterpart, the other rookie, and another player that I hope is a long-time staple in this defense for years to come, and someone I'm, yet again, very high on, Jaquan Brisker. And I expect him to make an immediate impact right away. Brisker told Coach Fluce, and I'm never going to forget this, that you just got the steal of the draft, and I, for one, truly hope that he is right. And when you look at this Bears defense and what they are trying to build, the type of players that they want, Brisker fits the puzzle, dare I say, perfectly. He's aggressive, he's physical, he's versatile, and he says he loves taking the football away. It's in his DNA. So other than experience, because he doesn't have any in this league just yet, Nick, is there anything holding Brisker back from being that impact player from the jump? Well, the only thing is just knowing the scheme it, and knowing how fast some of these receivers are going to be as a, you know, now being an NFL player. So in this cover two scheme, you got to know where your landmarks are and how you have to react on on the snap so you can get to each specific landmark. So I think for Jaquan Brisker, he's got the physical attributes. He's already been making a ton of turnovers in OTAs, and he's been with the first team because A.A. Jackson's also been at, in and out of the lineup. So he's already showing this coaching staff early on, hey, that you can trust me, that I'm going to try to be in the right spot, and that's early on. So as long as he gets that down, the, the X and O's part of it will, there really isn't anything holding back Jaquan Brisker from making an immediate impact. So if he can consistently do that throughout training camp, hey, this is a guy that can definitely make an impact in year one. When I look at both of these players, Gordon and Brisker, I think the more time that has passed since the draft, the more lucky I feel that the Bears were able to land both of these players. Like, I know we were in the heat of the moment. Like, what are they doing? Why aren't they going offense? Why aren't they going receiver? Why aren't they going offensive line? I know we both thought they would maybe go corner in the second round with one of those picks, but cornerback safety was never on our radar. But that's why we don't get paid to make these decisions. I, I really think they, with the cards that were dealt, they made some rock solid choices here should bolster this defense, not just here in year one, but for seasons to come. And when you compare this, you know, the entire defensive backfield 
right now in July compared to this time a year ago and we didn't know who was going to be CB2. We did not know who was going to be playing in the slot. Okay, that one hasn't changed. We'll talk about that soon. How do you feel about this group, the starting four that I just mentioned compared to maybe the first starting four of last year, which would have been Jackson, Gibson, uh, Johnson, and then Vildor? Vildor. Yeah, you, you feel a lot better about the group that's coming in right now than what they had uh, on the initial 2021 roster on August 31st last season. Like, let me read you off real quickly, Will, who those who the eight secondary players were that made that roster. It was Xavier Crawford, Jalen Johnson, Duke Shelley, Kendall Vildo for the cornerbacks, and then you had Deion Bush, DeAndre Houston Carson, Sean Gibson, Eddie Jackson. We didn't even mention the other guys yet that are in the other tiers, but man, just the four that we just talked about, you feel so much better about the secondary and the just limiting those big plays that happen consistently throughout the 2021 season. So like you, I liked Ryan Poles' process. He trusted his board and went with players that can make an impact in year one. Yeah, and again, I think the Bears would be better off for it. And it's a passing league. If you don't have a secondary that can hold its own, it's going to be very hard to win games, especially when you have an offense that has a huge, I guess, gap that it needs to overcome in order to be a successful one in this league. And we'll talk about them in some other shows here and uh, what we're expecting out of those players. But that's all I have on this first tier. Is there any final thoughts on either you know, Johnson, Jackson, Gordon, or Brisker? No, uh, I see Nomad's comment going to find out pretty quickly just how uh, rare Kyler Gordon is. I, I have such high expectations for Kyler Gordon and what he can become in this league. The athleticism shows, and in this defense, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to showcase his abilities, but really liking um, just Kyler Gordon so far, even though limited, very limited. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in this league this season and for the rest of the time he's with the Bears. And let's be clear here. If he struggles as a rookie, it doesn't mean – He's a bust. Like it does happen. And if he plays really well as a rookie, like he can unfortunately be surpassed by some of his peers in his draft class. Like just looking at Jalen Johnson, like his rookie season, like he turned some heads and people are like, oh wow, the Bears got a steal, which I still think they, they did. I dra- I mocked him to the Bears. I'm a big fan of Jalen Johnson. I'll be had AJ Terrell, who was drafted ahead of him. Uh, you have Trevon Diggs, who was drafted one slot behind him. And the first year, Jalen had them both beat. But A.J. Terrell really turned things around last year for the Falcons. Uh, and then Trevon Diggs, again, led the league in interceptions in year two. And he was drafted in the second round. So mm-hmm. there is a potential for a big jump from year one to year two. So if Gordon's not playing at a high enough level that, you know, as a listener, you would expect right away, like, take a breath, be patient. Like, sometimes things do take time. And cornerbacks in this league are one of those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the first year. Uh, up next, we're going to talk about this slot battle. And I'm really excited to get Nick's thoughts about who's going to become this nickel corner on this defense. A super important position. And I have some good nuggets about what happened in Indianapolis, how that may help us figure out who will win this battle. But first, I want to let you know that the best way that you can support CHGO is to download the PointsBat app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars but that's not it if you make a fifty dollar or more first time deposit you'll receive a free cgl membership which unlocks all of our web content you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the cgl locker that's two thousand dollars in free bets a free chl membership and a free t-shirt from the cgl locker all for making a more than fifty dollar first time deposit at points bet if you have any questions email points bet at all and our team will be gladly able to help you out 
Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. See an edge in the game that you're watching? Is your favorite team prime for a comeback? Don't just watch the game, bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. So download the PointsBet app right now and use that promo code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone that you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. All right, you guys, you already know our next partner. You've heard me talk about him a million times now. It's Athletic Greens. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus. That's why I take my Athletic Greens, and you should too. What's awesome about this product is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. All you have to do is put one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. I think we can all do that, and you can take your Athletic Greens and feel better for it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. It's 365 days, you guys. That's what a year is, if you didn't know. And five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Great stuff there, Nick. You're listening to the CHGO Bears podcast. This is our first installment of Countdown to Camp as we inch closer to Chicago Bears training camp. Just a little over a week and a half away, which is uh, super duper exciting for me. Uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year. I'm your host, Wit, joined by Nicholas Moriano. If you're watching us live and you haven't yet, hit that like button. Subscribe to our channel. I would love to see the thumbs up increase as we go throughout this show. Uh, very much appreciated by both of us here as we continue our preview of the Chicago Bears defensive backs. And now it's time to talk about the nickel corner spot. And I'm going to call it the slot battle. I don't know. Slot battle just sounds more fun than the battle for nickel corner. And it's easier to say. I'm going to give you the lay of the land, Nick, and then we're going to have a discussion. So we have Thomas Graham Jr. Uh, he's a second year player out of Oregon who shined in his limited time last year. Uh, some fun nuggets on him real quick. He forced an incompletion on 40% of the balls thrown his way. That was the best of any player in the entire NFL that saw double-digit targets. He was just making plays on the ball consistently. But again, super small sample size. And then you have Tavon Young, you know, the former highest-paid nickel corner in the league. Since then, he's dealt with a barrage of injuries. It's kind of derailed his career. Maybe that's good news for Chicago. He can have a fresh start here, stay healthy. He was revered in Baltimore uh, as a great teammate, a tremendous leader in the locker room. And again, like they saw a really good product on the field, and that's the reason why they made him the highest-paid nickel corner at one time. And then there's Duke Shelley. Do I, do I need to get into it there? I don't think so. I think we, I think we all know. But he is, he is in that contention for the slot battle there, Will. Now, my other question, as we set the stage, is there anyone else in actual real contention? Or is it just these three? Like, I look and I I, I see Dane Krukshank, who has a lot of experience. I know he's technically a safety. Same thing with rookie Elijah Hicks. I just don't know if I can translate them over to this battle right now, just given, like, what the Bears have shown you in OTAs and what you've reported back to me. 
Yeah, more so they would probably be considered like that big dime package or the big mm-hmm. nickel where an additional DB. But in terms of that nickel cornerback, that third corner on the field, the three guys, Graham, Young, and Duke Shelley will be the ones really competing for that nickel cornerback spot. All right, and this is a keynote. So I went back and I was very impressed by what the Colts were able to do with this position. And I know we've talked about how important it is, but I don't know if I actually put it in this context. So Eberflus in Indianapolis last year had Kenny Moore as their nickel cornerback. Nick, did you know that he was the third on the team with 102 tackles? And that number also led all corners in the NFL last year by a solid chunk. You know, well, I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. I was watching highlights on Good Morning Football of him. They highlighted Kenny Moore, and the dude was taking one-on-one Derrick Henry and taking him to the ground. Like, this guy is a physical, and he's smaller, but that, that number doesn't surprise me because of the player that he is. Yeah, and he's a really good player, and obviously the guys that we listed – Tavon Young at one point, maybe, like maybe could be talked mm-hmm. in the same category. He's never had that many tackles. He's a different style, played in a different defense, different responsibilities in his time in Baltimore. But in this defense, I think that shows me how important it is in terms of the slot corner being someone who's always around the football, whether it's against the run, or whether it's catching up to people after, you know, uh, catches were made, even if it's not their guy, like you have to be a very active contributor in this defense. And Kenny Moore was an undrafted player that in Indianapolis was able to develop into like a pro bowl level talent. So just because these names may not impress you today. Okay. Duke Shelley. I don't know if that he can be that guy. I'm going to be honest right now, but there is a chance that we can develop one of these guys. But when you look at Thomas Graham, you know, young, I'll throw Shelley in here one more time. Like this is going to be a fun battle to watch. I throw out camp. Who's lining up where, how many reps are they getting? And just kind of seeing how that changes as the days go on heading into preseason games and so on. But who do you think wins? Lay it all out there. Gut feeling as of today, who week one is your starting nickel corner? Right now I have to go with Thomas Graham Jr. He's been the guy that's been with the first team reps. He's been consistently getting those. And right now, Tavon Young, who I thought was going to be the first person in contention to win this job, really he's been repping with the reserves. It seems like it's a slower ramp-up period for him to kind of get equated to this defense. And Maybe that changes during training camp, but all I'll say is this. Whoever ends up winning the slot corner battle, they just need to be, in in a simple terms, a dog. Just need to be somebody that can get in there when it comes to a run play and not be afraid to lay down a hit. They need to be able to obviously cover in space. But to play that position, and usually it's a smaller guy, that's just how it, it ends up being, you have to be a dog. Just like a Kenny Moore is, who wasn't afraid to tackle whoever was in the hole, whoever was a ball carrier, that's what it's going to come down to. Whoever's more physical and obviously can show that press man ability and that shiftiness that is required and needed to play the slot corner position, that's who will end up winning it. But right now, Thomas Graham Jr. has been the guy who's gotten the most first-team reps at that position in terms of OTAs and just the, the mini camps that have happened. Now, you know, and listeners of our show for a long time, we know I've been high on Thomas Graham Jr. since he came here. I thought he got really underrated in the draft process because he took 2020 off due to COVID. Mm -hmm. He didn't play that season. So he did take that entire year, decided to go into the draft. And people, I think, just forgot what kind of player he was. Luckily, he was in Chicago. And I do think the scheme fits his skill set really well. In Oregon, he was asked to play a lot of short zone, read, react, 
and play within it. Again, that's primarily what he's going to have to do. He was a physical corner as well. He's going to have to do that too. And I'm leaning Thomas Graham Jr. going with the youth. I mean, they're already going to be starting two rookies. Why not go with a second-year player as well? And if you have young still on this roster, that's not a bad thing. And say injury happens, it's a long season, you know, war of attrition, and you need someone to jump in outside. Thomas Graham Jr. has proven he can be that guy as well. So you have that versatility that Thomas brings. He could bounce outside, and then from there, Young can slide into the slot. And with that, the defense may not take a, you know, a major hit, although losing Gordon or Johnson would be a major hit. So I don't know why I even just said that, Nick. But anything else on this slot position battle? Anything uh, important that we need to be watching at training camp that we haven't hit on yet? We kind of both are leaning Thomas Graham Jr. I am still a big fan of Young, what I was able to see years ago, but he is learning a new defense that's a little bit more different than maybe what Thomas Graham Jr.'s changing from right now from his defense in Chicago under Sean Desai. But I, I don't know. I think they're going to have a battle at their hands, and it's gonna a lot's going to be proven in camp uh, in the early weeks and uh, maybe the first preseason game or two. Yeah, I think with the slot corner battle too, like, each player is going to have a limited amount of reps with each, whatever team they're on. Let's say the first team, second team, third team defense. So you're not going to be able to get in a rhythm. So when each guy does go up there and plays, uh, you know, against 11 on 11, whatever me or one-on-ones, whoever shows consistently that they've made the most of those opportunities will end up being the starting nickel corner. But like I said, from what I've seen so far, Thomas Graham Jr. has gotten most of those reps, but it's going to be interesting just from day to day, practice to practice, rep to rep, who's the most consistent. Consistency is key. Uh, I like the way you put it there, Nick. Let's move down to tier three, and I'm going to call them bottom end roster players because I don't think they're truly uh, bubble guys. One, perhaps, and we'll, we can discuss that here. Uh, I have Dane Krukshank, uh, primarily a special teams player throughout his career. Uh, he did play a little bit more in Tennessee last year just due to some of the injuries that they had around him. But honestly, he should not be a guy that plays 50% of the defense snaps. Uh, you have Kendall Vildor, the Bears starting cornerback two last season. He did struggle. However, being a you know a backup, he's a high-end backup or at least a mm -hmm. decent backup at that. Elijah Hicks, that highly energetic rookie out of Cal. He hasn't been able to practice yet. He's still working his way back from a foot injury. Nick, would we expect him at camp? Is that the expectation here? Oh, well, he didn't play. He didn't practice one one day in the OTAs or the mini camps. And Dane Krukshank suited up one time. It was uh, the I have the roster here. I put, oh, Dane Krukshank actually practicing. This was June 15th. So the second to last day of OTAs, he actually suited up Dane Krukshank. So both those guys haven't seen much of him. And that's what training camp is going to be important about with these players, like actually getting to see them. We'll get to that in just a moment. And the last one in this tier that I have is the ninth best player in this defense, according to yours truly, and that's going to be DeAndre Houston Carson, DHC DeAndre on the spot. Uh, again, he played in 50% of the defensive snaps last season. He played very well. He's a special teams ace, a great locker room guy, and I can go on and on, but I will stop it right there. Are there any players on this list that you think – has the biggest chance of not making the team like who's on the hottest seat if you had to choose one? Oh, that that is a that's a good question there um well i you know what i'm gonna go with dan Krukshank as the guy that potentially won't make this roster especially if if a guy like elijah hicks who was a draft pick so there is some connection from 
you know, Ryan Poles, Matty Rafalus in terms of what they want, want to see out of him. And obviously they brought in Dane Crookshank, but it, it could just be, are you available during, during these practices? What do you add? Obviously there's special teams value with a guy like Crookshank, but out of those guys, it could be him. If they see that Elijah Hicks is coming to, you know, just his in his own, right? Just being able to show that he knows his defense as a backup, backup reserve safety, but can also contribute on special teams. Um, and I know, like, with a guy like Duke Shelley, a lot of people are, you know, down on him. But still, he, he does provide some versatility. He did play the outside a little bit. He can obviously play primarily on the inside. But if we're looking at somebody that doesn't have a big contract, obviously, Dan Crookshank could be a guy that maybe just doesn't make the 53. Yeah, I mean, that's quite possible. His contract's minimal. It's not anything that the Bears would, you know, be kicking themselves in the butt about after the fact, like, oh, we wasted a couple hundred thousand dollars. Now, to me, that sounds like a lot of money. <laughs> but to them, it's like pennies on uh, a typical human dollar. When you mentioned Duke Shelley, and I know I've kind of, you know, dissed him off and on, and you know, that goes back to a few years with us. If you remember his little Instagram clip of us saying he won't be a starter as a rookie. And he wasn't, yeah. but he threw that on his uh, his uh, profile, and that was a tremendous for us. But I will give him the benefit of the doubt that there could be more that we haven't seen yet, only because, especially I think hindsight puts it even a stronger perspective. That coaching staff over the last couple of years in Chicago couldn't develop squat. Like, they could not develop players. It doesn't matter if it's their own offense or defense. It just wasn't there. They weren't good teachers. They weren't good developers. Like there was just something there. There's a reason why the Bears couldn't get better with some of the young talent that they kept bringing in that we, at the time, were pretty high on. Uh, and so, with guys like Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley, uh, as much as they've you know made me rip out multiple hairs from my head in the past, I'm gonna give them when I get to training camp somewhat of a clean slate to prove me wrong show me how you've grown how you can develop and how you're going to fit with what the bears are building now and the nfl is like what have you done for me lately i'll give them that chance here this offseason this preseason to to show that they can be more effective players that we've seen obviously with the additions they'll be in the backup role but if they need to be thrown in i, I want to feel comfortable with that and they can show us that in this training camp Outside of things like that, like what's on your watch list? Because like I know we always like talking about that each and every year. Like, okay, when we're at training camp and we have our notepads out, what are we watching for and things of that nature? It's like out of this bottom end group, like what do you want to see or what are like what's on your mind? Like what questions do you want answered? Well, for me, I look at a guy like Kendall Vildor who did play that starting role. And that was outside, I think, of his his capabilities at that time. So what can he, you mentioned reserve role. That's what he'll be in now. How does he, how does he perform doing that? Because I still think if you have a, a Kendall Vildor on your roster as a backup, that's some, that's a player that you want to have there. Still developing, can play on special teams. Just somebody that, yes, you're not going to feel the most comfortable out there if he's consistently the op, the number two corner on the outside. That's just not the case. Not, not right now, at least. But how does he perform in these one-on-ones? When he's asked to play with the second team or you know what well like he was starting out there at the first team reps kyler gordon wasn't out there right because he was in and out of the lineup so when it comes to training camp week one and i tweet out that hey it's jalen johnson and Ky or, and um, kendall vildor it it's not going to be a huge surprise but how long can he hold on to that job before kyler gordon showcases what he 
what he's capable of. So just just seeing his growth process in in now this um, regime, that's what I'm curious to see in a guy like Kendall Wilder because I again I, I remember talking to his DB coaches and there was a lot of upside for a guy out of the Georgia Southern. So just seeing how he takes this approach now that there is a young guy coming in for his job. I think for Vildor, one of the areas of improvement, and I know there's an area coming out of college that people were wanting to see him get better at, would be tackling, being a more willing tackler, not watching the tackle happen in front of you, like get in there, get active, try to take the football out, do something. Like I want to see him you know, play with a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder, a little bit more aggressively. But I do remember we had some interviews. Like We were bringing on people that were covering all these this, this specific draft class here and uh, I forgot the name of who we brought on, but I remember them talking highly of Vildor and how well he fit like the coverage that they did there and a lot of zone, his ability to close in zone. And I know the Bears didn't ask him to do a lot of that last year. So maybe he is another player that hasn't been put in his best position to succeed. And we'll see what this new vision that the Bears have on defense, how he exactly fits. But like you said, like he's someone that should be around and gives you you know, some confidence uh, as a backup, like, okay, at least if he's in, like, we know he's not going to be the worst in the league kind of guy, but also like, you know, he's a vulnerability out there and hopefully the surrounding cast can kind of help make up for that as well. When I'm looking at this group, well, first and foremost, come day one, is Elijah Hicks active? <laughs> like that, that's the first one I want to see, uh, especially when the pads come on, because sometimes with these borderline guys who are still kind of coming back from, injury like when the pads are off like they're a participant they're out there but then when the pads come on after a few days then they kind of take that reserve role and they're not going to try to push it too much which i understand but those are some things uh, with hicks i want to see like how ready is he now because if he's not he's probably destined for the practice squad if he's active and he's able to show his skill set in practice and preseason games i think he can easily make a case uh, to make this roster uh, when I look at Dane Cruikshank on defense, uh, I want to see how they're utilizing him. Is he playing, you know, like a typical, you know, deep safety? Is he in the box? Is he lined up in the slot as that bigger defender, you know, lining up against tight ends, bigger bodied receivers? Like, how do the Bears deploy him and want to see him, you know, test him in these practices? Because that'll give us a good idea uh, of exactly the role that they would envision him having uh, throughout the season. And then just like Shelly and Vildor and uh, you know, what are they going to be able to do in terms of improvement and show us why they should still retain on this roster. And then DeAndre Houston Carson, I don't really have anything. I just know what to expect from him at this point. Anything else from you? Know, you? I, yeah, I like that. Um, I think too, just seeing where these guys and how they fit on special teams can also show an indication of like, okay, maybe they, they're not obviously not going to start on defense, but we have a place for them on special teams. That can also be an indication like, hey, you might make this roster, right? Another thing, too, is like with each given day, some of these players can move up in terms of what team they're playing, the first team, second team, third team. How does that fluctuate? Well, if a guy consistently has a couple bad practices, does he move down? And we'll see that, I think, periodically throughout this the, the training camp process. So just keeping an eye on, on where each of these guys are at and how they're performing, obviously, is something just to note each and every day because that will let the coaching staff, the coaching staff will tell you where they're playing it will be an indication of how, you know, maybe their their status is for making this team. For sure. I saw that comment from Nomad about, you know, Hicks making plays. I agree. I, I think when healthy, like this kid's a playmaker, like without question. Uh, I saw the other one though, earlier. I didn't see it until after I stopped talking and handed the floor over to the Nick about, Builder should see some action at slot and outside. 
unless he shows improvement in tackling, if we go back earlier in this conversation about how important the nickel corner is in terms of like being around the football, making tackles in this defense, I don't know if they want to put Vildor playing on the inside uh, until he kind of shows that he's capable of that. And I haven't seen that too much over two seasons so far. All right, so that's it for our first three tiers. Believe it or not, there's a fourth tier. There are more players that we're going to at least bring up in previous years. Maybe we get a little deeper, but you know our show structure is a little bit different. Uh, but we'll still uh, give them a brief discussion. Uh, but first, Nick, I know you have a, a message for our listeners that I'm just eager to hear. Yes, yeah, Chicago sports fans, which is hopefully everybody in this chat and everyone that listens to the CHO Bears podcast, your home for the best Chicago sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. Ooh, who could this be? CHO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, a friend, or a loved one. Looking to get some new gear, some collectibles or accessories? Hey, Bears season's going to be here before you know it. Uh, I don't know if you want any White Sox stuff at this point, but you can do that here. FOCO has officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids with everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to, uh, you know, Crocs are definitely in. I'm not a part of the Croc fandom here, but you can get them. They got them. FOCO has them. And FOCO has got you covered with the best Chicago merchandise of your favorite team. Head on over to FOCO.com or click the link below in the YouTube description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Why do I have a feeling by the end of training camp, you're going to be walking around the cracks at Hollis Hall? Nope, I just, just... nope, nope, nope. Not going to happen, Will. Sorry, I can't. I Look, I get it. Like, uh, So my friend Ben is what? I think he wears like a size 14 shoe. He has a pair of Crocs. I put my size 10 foot in there. Plenty of space, but really comfortable. It's just not my thing. Just not my thing with the Crocs. Do you, do you own my, Crocs, Will? I don't. We bought AJ a pair of two months ago and he thought they're so weird. He's like, I don't want them, but he liked that they had like a splash paint look at them. And yeah, now it's the only thing he wants to wear. It's crazy. Like he bought in a hundred percent. And so but... did Sarah, our producer for the show. Love me some good Crocs. So look, and, and we have some commenters here. Crocs. Crocs <laughs> and stash. Sell... Oh God. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to rock the stash look at training camp. I, I don't know if may, I think I have to with Crocs apparently, but yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. What do you think about this little chin like thing it? I'm it doing? looks, yeah, it looks good. Will like, yeah, like the the little chin strap there. I've tried That's it something. once and yeah, it just wasn't my thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's again, shame on me for trying to trim my own beard. Do you think I learned after like four years of doing this thing? Because every time you see Will Babyface, you just know an accident happened. Something in front of the happened. <laughs> yeah, something happened. He tried a little too cute, uh, hard to get a little too cute there. Uh, before we actually jump into this final tier, just because again, we're not going to get into it too deep, and then we have some sort superlatives that I want to end the show with. I, I did see on your sign and I saw on Twitter and I think I saw on Facebook too today. Like it is a very special birthday for you. Do you want to give the shout out? I don't think it makes sense for me to do it. Hey, she, uh, Stephanie, my girlfriend would have appreciated it too, Will, but girlfriend turned 26 today. I'll see her later. We're going to go actually look at some apartments too. So that'll be fun. Uh, but just want to say happy birthday and I hope you're having a great day. She said she was watching. She's working from home today. So happy birthday, babe. Oh, happy birthday. I almost like followed up into babe as well, like for some reason, but happy birthday, Steph. <laughs> uh, I'm just rolling with it. Like, yeah, happy birthday, babe. We'll move on. But no, happy birthday, Steph. But dude, apartment hunting, I am so excited for you. That's a great. 
Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an adventure. So we have a, we have like twenty places saved. So it'll be it'll be a process here while training camp's going on, but it'll be fun. No, that's I'm that's something every every podcast now. I'm like, how's the apartment hunt? How's the apartment hunt? Until you sign a lease, and then I will release you from that daily barrage of questioning. All right, no more dancing around because it's tier four. Uh, other, this is known as uh, the fourth tier. Other names to know. <laughs> I'm just giving you the rest of the DBs on the roster. So we have Michael Joseph. Uh, he's been around here for a couple of years now. You know, the kid from Dubuque. You have Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's a two-year veteran. Bo Pete Keys, a three-year vet who, interestingly, uh, was a seventh-round pick by Kansas City when Ryan Pulse was there. And then he also spent some time in Indianapolis. So he has multiple connections to this Bears uh, team. He's known for being a long, lanky, fast cornerback. Then you have Greg Stroman Jr., a four-year veteran who played very well four years back now, or three years back, uh, in Washington, his rookie season. Then he had back-to-back season-ending injuries, and then that just got him off track, and he was unable to really find a home. Last year, he's in Chicago to try to find a, a, you know, a third chance almost here. And then you have Jason Stanley, another two-year veteran. Uh, then we have a handful of undrafted free agents, too, to keep in mind. Uh, A.J. Thomas from Western Michigan. Jalen Jones from Mississippi. Ali Green the fourth uh, from Missouri, which I'm a fourth in my name. So way to go, Ali. And then we have John Alexander, the UDFEA out of uh, Charlotte. Is there anyone actually you know, on this here worth keeping in mind when we're at camp? Every single year when we get to the section, at least with this Bears secondary for the past few years, there are legitimate names just because of the lack of talent that the Bears have had. But unlike, say, last year, the year before, I get to decide, I'm like, you guys don't have much of a chance here. These are camp bodies and potential, almost like a tryout basis for the practice squad. Yeah, no, the guy that I'm keeping an eye on is Allie Green, the fourth. Um, a bigger corner, 6'3", 203 pounds. He's been making some plays in these OTAs, these mini camp practices. And I asked Steve Rufloos about him, like, hey, what do you know about Allie Green? And that was like him being stumped and looking at his roster sheet, like, 31, who's that? That's because oh, that, that was, was Allie Green. That was the gift. That was Allie Green. So he's someone that I I spoke with on the side. I spoke to James Rowe, the Bears DBs coach. Like, how is he doing? What are you seeing from him? He's like, and he likes everything he's seen so far. And being a bigger bodied corner, you know, there's some physical attributes that you can take advantage of, especially when he's jamming guys at the line of scrimmage. He's actually gotten some first team reps with um, opposite Jalen Johnson. Because again, Kyler Gordon hasn't been there when Kendall Vildor wasn't in. You would see number 31 there. So I'm really going to focus on Allie Green, seeing what he can do and how he can take advantage of this opportunity that he does have. It's now a revamped secondary, but Allie Green is the guy to, if you're looking for a dark horse candidate to make this roster, probably practice squad, it's going to go with him. All right. I like it. I would, my only advice would be instead of highly focusing on him, allow him to pop out and present himself because there's so much to watch. I don't know if you want to be watching 31, following him around practice with everything else going on. But if he makes a play, you know who he is immediately. So Flu should now too, because he made him double check that list. Uh, but I think that's a really good one uh, as well. And when I look at this tier, by the way, I, I think it's one of those games that Adam mentioned yesterday that Ryan Poles likes to play. And that's darts, right? Just throwing darts at a dartboard right now. It's a good mix of young, experienced players in this league, as well as some flyers on some, you know, potential uh, UDFAs that can pan out as well. Again, uh, earlier back, the, the slot corner for the Colts that is, you know, playing at a high level. Like he was an undrafted guy 
And Coach Eberflus was able to see that, develop it, coach it up, and here we are. So, And Alan Williams, the Bears defensive coordinator, did come from coaching the secondary. So there's uh, you know, a good chance that this secondary can be some uh, a unit that gets developed uh, very well, and some of these lesser-known names can become uh, one that really stands out. If I had to just pick two, uh, Bo Pete Keys, I guess, for the connections, and then uh, Greg Stroman, uh, just because he did play well his rookie season and had those injuries. Uh, so those guys provide, uh, at least to me, proven experience practice squad eligible players to keep around and that's not a bad thing either no not a bad thing um you know it's that's that's what this camp's going to be for for these guys uh seeing uh chris's <laughs> uh comment there i want to see nick roll up to training camp with the stash some aviator shades cut off chgo shirt chgo shaved in the side of his head and of course the crocs a plus look for sure um i don't know if uh you know stephanie would like that but um you got to try out everything, right? You only live once. Um, so maybe that's the look that I'm going to roll when I go to training camp one of these days. Probably not. Nomads watching John Alexander, uh, the most intriguing one of his eyes. I, I like it. See, we're getting some different perspectives here. People are going to be watching some different things. Nomad, if you're going to training camp, you keep an eye on him and just report back in the know. chat. Yeah, <laughs> we need all the eyes we can get. There's 90 players out there and uh, not a lot of time. So if you're there. Report back in the chat. We'd love to see it. Uh, anything else on this tier, Nick, before we kind of move on to uh, the next portion, which is going to be very interesting. Yeah, let's get to that last portion here, Will. I'm I'm, I'm intrigued to see what you got uh, planned here. Okay, you know how these go. You're not that, you're not going to be that surprised. So who makes the team? <laughs> like, that's what we're going to start with. <laughs> that's like, that's what we're going to start with here. And uh, to kind of frame it, uh, the Bears kept eight defensive backs last year. Uh, that was kind of their standard. However, when you look at what the Colts were do, uh, doing, they kept 10 uh, defensive backs on their roster last year. And again, like Ibraflus is here, uh, defensive coordinator Alan Williams coached the secondary. So they do value this positional group overall. So maybe they keep eight, maybe they keep 10, maybe they split the difference and they go with nine. Uh, but whatever it is, Nick, I want to know your number and who's on the team. Man, I, I had I had a tough time with this part, Will. Um... But I have eight total DBs making it, and I'll, I'll go with my corners first. Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Thomas Graham Jr., Kendall Vildor, Tavon Young as the corners, and then the safeties, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, DHC, and Dane Crookshank. Is that nine? Is that nine? Five, nine, sorry. Yes, nine. Five, five corners, four safeties. There you go. It was uh, it was Man. splitting the difference there. I was like, hmm. So you have Elijah Hicks starting on a practice squad. Yes, he he would be on the practice squad. All right. So I have everyone you have besides I put Elijah Hicks here, and that's and I put a little star next to him. It says if healthy to start camp and plays well in the preseason, and that way you, if you can't stash him, they will find a spot for him on this roster. He can be an immediate special teams contributor. Uh, right away and uh, the energy that he brings uh, would be wanted of course if he's on a practice squad he can still be on the sidelines during games so that can still be there uh, but really to me if he makes the team or not will depend on his health because I do believe he has the potential uh, to make enough noise that the Bears will be worried about trying to stash him whether him clearing waivers or maybe after a week or two getting poached from the practice squad unless they protect him uh, to another team. And I know Ryan Poles being a first year general manager 
losing a draft pick uh, because they got poached off of your practice squad would be a definite blow uh, to just his overall yearly success as he's kind of measuring up on how he did in year one. So I have Elijah Hicks making it with that disclaimer. All right. So that was simple. I didn't have to list off a whole uh, group of names. Uh, so no Duke Shelley, huh? Uh, do I not have Duke Shelley on here? Wow. I mean, if there's going to be a room for 10, he would be the 10th guy. Like how Eberflus had the the 10 in Indianapolis. But I, so I, I need to see what Tavon Young's about still. Like I said, he's been with the reserves. And if he can show that, if he, if, well, for one, if he's not consistently practicing or whatever it may be, then there could be a spot for him. But on this initial uh, go with the roster, I don't have him make it. All right. Now let's do some uh, fun little games here. And we'll start with over under one of uh, a classic here uh, throughout our countdown to camp series over the past at least few years since we've implemented this section at the end of the show. Uh, so I have three over unders for us today, as well as some other fun things afterwards. Uh, so my first one is 3.5 interceptions for Jalen Johnson. Again, only one in two seasons. Maybe I set this bar a little too high to make this a good debate, but you can prove me wrong, Nick. Are you going to take the over or under on three and a half interceptions for JJ? JJ, what are you doing this season, JJ? He's he's going to be in the defense. It's going to give him more opportunities, Will. Um, it's just tough whether or not he's going to finish, ex fully execute these plays. You know, being optimistic here, I'll go over. It's going to be four. Four, four to, to go over on, on the interceptions, but I'm like saying that hesitantly. Okay. Well, if you didn't do it, I was. So I'll, I'll play devil's advocate and I'll say they're going to, he's going to get a lot of PBUs and they're going to know like, oh crap, Jalen is on it this year. He is flying to the football. And I don't know if I want to throw his way or test him too much. So quarterbacks are going to kind of shy away from him, test the rookies, uh, the slot position a little bit more. So maybe those chances won't be all too abundant. So he'll settle at three, which is still technically three times more than he's ever put together in one season. And I'll call that a victory. Uh, sticking with the Jalen, though, how about 15 and a half uh, pass breakups for him? Again, 15 was his rookie mark. Nine last year. Can he get more than the, than he did? Uh, in his debut season, I'm taking the over here. I'm going to say he gets 17 uh, PBUs this season. Uh, and again, that's why the interceptions go down. He just doesn't complete a few of those. And again, after he starts racking those up early this season, they're going to be like, yeah, now nah, we're going to we're gonna look elsewhere. So for me, I'm going to take the over on the PBUs. How about you, man? Yeah, I think I'm going to go over here too, Will. There are going to be opportunities for some of these offenses. We got to also factor in the pass rush that the Bears have. Maybe these guys don't hit home. Well, some of these DBs in the Bears secondary are going to see more opportunities. And Jalen Johnson has shown that he can be close in coverage. Now he just needs to obviously hit, get his hand on the ball there. But I'll go over. You said 17. I'll go 16 for, for Jalen Johnson here. Real quick, Super Chat came in from Andrew. What do we think about the new wide receiver in Kale Harry? We talked about him on the top of yesterday's show. However, this is a Super Chat. We must address it. I thought it was a great low-risk, high-reward uh, flyer that Ryan Pulse did. Again, gave up a 2024 seventh rounder for someone of the first-round talent. So pretty much, I mean, wouldn't you do that? If you're like, hey, if you can get a first-round talent for a seventh-round pick two years from now, but you can have him today, would you do it? 
Then the answer is yes, you do it all day, every day. And he brings something different to the table, that bigger body possession type that really when we're doing the pre-draft process, when the Bears didn't go heavy at wide receiver in free agency, we're looking for that. We were expecting them to go with that bigger body guy, and they didn't. Like they got Bayless Jones, who is a thicker build, but he's built more like a, you know, like a taller running back who can make plays after the catch. Whereas Harry's more of that true possession type to go up and get those 50, 50 balls back shoulder throws as well as be a threat uh, in the red zone. So I love that he provides the bears locker room, that wide receiver group with some skill sets that weren't really present already. And I'm excited to see if this fresh start will be exactly what he needs to kind of turn things around. Will he be someone that the bears can get on track or is he a Kevin white? We're going to find out soon. We are going to find out soon, but yeah, like you said, will Nikhil Harry, is a low risk, potentially high reward for what they got him for. And being 6'4, 228, he does have the physical attributes that can definitely help him out in like that area with the jump ball opportunities and provide that X receiver that the Bears are kind of lacking right now outside of like maybe Equinemius saying we're a bigger bodied guy. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what he can do in training camp, but it doesn't hurt to make this move. And even though Brown's tall, like he's not going to box someone out. He's just. It's just totally different styles of receiving play. All right. So I do see some people playing over under in a chat, which is perfect because I forgot to say play along, but you're doing it anyway. So I love the initiative, the gumption. Keep it up over there in the chat. One more over under for us, Nick. Two and a half interceptions combined for Taquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. The two rookies. Can they get more than two? Uh, They can. They can get more than two, Will, but I don't think they will. Um, and that's not an indication of the players that they are the rookies and the high upside that I do have for both these guys. It's just when I look at some of the, you know, the past corners that have been drafted in the second round over the years, usually they're capped off. The average is about one interception in their rookie season. So then if you go one and then you get the two mark, but I'm going to go under doesn't mean that they're not going to make a whole bunch of plays this season though. All right. I'm going to go over. I'll give them three because between Brisker and Gordon, one of them has to be above average. Like, why not? Like, at least at the, I think their floor is average. So if one of them is above average in terms of that production the rookie year, then we at least get the three, and then we have an over. So there we go. Two different trains of thought, all in all. Not a bad season for those rookies as well. All right, that's it for over under. I have four true and false questions for us to answer here real quickly. Nick, true or false? The Bears will have one DB that makes the Pro Bowl. Man, DBs are stacked. Uh, yes, they are. False. They will not have a Pro Bowl DB. I don't think so as well, just because, like you said, there's a lot of just big names out there in the secondary. It's a passing league, so that goes for you know offenses and defenses. Like The guys who are defending the passes well are going to get a lot of that recognition. And I don't know if the Bears' win total by the end of the year will be high enough to get that national look. And yep. for those That's reasons, like we've seen it. Like Even when the Bears are middle of the pack like it's hard to get some of those pro bowlers i mean let's look at roquan for crying out loud so i'm gonna say false uh, unfortunately but we'll readdress this in one year from well, i was gonna say today but we don't know how that will go as an alternate there we go that's a that's a workaround that I'll, I'll count it I'll, I'll allow it i like the the workaround you're you're mm-hmm. bending the rules a bit I, yeah exactly and i appreciate thoughts uh true or false nick eddie jackson will have more than one takeaway and find the end zone. Yeah, I know. I had, that a, in there, I had, I had the end zone. Man, he has been close. He will have more than one takeaway, and he has been close. Well, it, I'm going to say true. 
I'm going to say he will have more than one takeaway and find the end zone this season. He's capable of it. And again, this this defense, he's still learning it too. He admitted that as well. But I'll go true. I'll, it's a bounce back season for Eddie Jackson in that specific category, creating turnovers. I'm going true too. Uh, again, like we're preaching turnovers every single day. At least, you know, the Bears are. And he's someone that, you know, once upon a time, Eddie Jackson was the king of turnovers in Chicago. Can he reclaim the throne? He doesn't even have to do that. He just needs one interception and end zone, and we can call this true. So yep. I'm, I'm going to go for it now. We'll have some optimism. It is only the middle of July. Uh, Nick Truer falls. Kyler Gordon will have a better rookie season than Jaquan Brisker. Ooh, man, that's a good one, too. Uh, I'm going to go true only, and here's the reason why. Um, I think you can make, in terms of impact plays, I feel like you have more opportunities as a corner to do that than than a, a safety being the furthest away from the ball, usually unless they are playing more close to the box. And that's how Jaquan Brisker can definitely make more of an impact. But I'm going to say Kyler Gordon is going to have just more opportunities to showcase what he can do. So, um, true. Okay. I'm going to say false. And part of that's me wanting to be different. A part of me is like, that's what I already had in my notes. I'm sticking with it. But Brisker, I think he's going to have more opportunities. I know Gordon's going to have those one-on-one, you know, those throws, and it's going to be like, all right, him with the receiver, like who's going to win this? But Brisker's going to have that too. He's going to be around the football a ton. And with his physical presence, like, and then like, like how many times has he made plays in camp, Nick? Like you guys have yeah. talked about it. Oh, there's Brisker again, whether he's, you know, fumble recoveries, forcing fumbles, making a big play in coverage, like, it seems like this guy just has a knack for being around the football and you can't coach that. That's innate instincts. And it looks like he has it in bunches. So right now, even though he was picked second, I think he's going to have the better rookie year. And I want them to have like a little internal competition. Like, Oh no, I'm going to do better. And then if that can carry over from year to year, build a lifelong friendship along the way, like the bears defense, like that'd be fun to kind of watch that. Uh, Just saying, all right. Last Jordan false Nick, whoever wins the nickel position this season will also start in it next year. Mm, I'm going to say false. Uh, I know let's say that is Thomas Graham jr. And that would be great for him. And you know, just everything that he's been through being, you know, waived at one point during the last season coming back and then having some, a few or that good game against Minnesota. But as a organization, you're always looking for upgrades. And if you can upgrade that nickel corner spot, some that's very vital in Eberflut's defense, uh, I think the Bears, with a bunch of cap space, are going to look to do that uh, un- unless they, they draft a position there. So I'm going to say false. Okay. Um, I was leaning false, too, I'll admit. I would love to say true. Thomas Graham Jr. wins it. He's, a, you know, he's the next Bryce Callahan. I would love to say that. I would say it's possible, but I won't say it's as possible as me saying it's you know true right now. But damn it, Thomas, you know, prove us wrong. I would be more than happy if you did. We're running out of time, so we're going to move quickly. Nick, fill in the blank. Uh, fav- the fan favorite in the secondary by the end of the season will be blank. It'll be Jaquan Brisker. I think yep. people are going to love that physical style of play. Me too. Brisker all day. Bold prediction, Nick, for the Bears secondary. What do you got? Hmm. I think we'll have a pick six by both of the starting corners being Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon at some point this season. All right. I have each starting defensive back. So we've talked about him. Uh, Johnson, Gordon, Brisker, Jackson, and whoever wins the slot, each one will have at least one interception this year. All right. 
that's my definitely can't say that for uh last last year's secondary nope the last two years like i think the bears only had like less than a handful of interceptions by like the defensive back in general Mm -hmm. and like two years combined so if they all can come away with one uh that's something all right last thing we need to do before we wrap up nick and hopefully you remember what these are can you give me your confidence meter at this position and if you're listening for the like to the show and you're like, what the hell is a confidence meter? Well, on our old podcast back in the day, like we used to do a confidence meter a lot of, around a lot of things and count down the camps one. This is a scale one to 10. Like imagine a meter. Actually, that would have been a good graphic request. A meter in <laughs> which we uh, say how confident we are in a specific position. And again, we're lumping two positions here. Uh, so overall, the Bears secondary, Nick, one to 10. How confident are you in this unit heading into the season? wish I would have known what I said last year's unit because it's significantly higher than that. I have to, even with rookies in there and you know, Thomas Graham, I'm going in eight right now. The feeling that the players that you have and just looking what they had last season. Yes. There's going to be those ups and downs. Like we talked about with rookies and you know, even with the probably Jalen Johnson, who knows, but I just feel so much better. And Bears fans should too, as well. Like we're seeing seven and a half, 7.6 about this group and their potential. So I'm going in eight, pretty high on the list. Yeah, no, that's uh, definitely it's definitely higher uh, than what we had last year, at least according to my notes, because I like to check my historicals. It was like a six something and it makes sense. Like last year, we had no idea who was going to start in two of the three cornerback spots and safety wise, we weren't super high in Jackson and, you know, Gibson was fine. So it just makes you know, a, a lot of sense. I'm at a 7.5. Just when you break it all down again, not knowing like who's starting in the slot and what they're going to be able to provide or not provide like that potential liability is the one thing, you know, it's hold me back for being gung ho about this unit. Other than that, like I have, as I've expressed throughout this show, you know, a lot of confidence and excitement around a lot of these players. Uh, we'll see exactly how it all shapes up, but as it stands today, this unit was a weakness heading into this off season. And Ryan Poles in year one turned that into a strength, which again, I mentioned, it's a pass first league by strengthening the secondary. This whole Bears team is better for it. And I'm glad that you and I are able to sit here and say like, you know, we're relatively confident in this group. All right, Nick, any final thoughts? And then we'll wrap up. No, it's good to be doing this exercise again. We'll count down to camp, right? You know, as we have done for the last six and now seven years. So this has been awesome to do and we'll continue this throughout the week. 100%. Uh, So real quick before we end the show, if you haven't yet, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. I did check today. We're only 15 reviews away from 800. And, you know, I'm not usually in a hosting chair, so I don't get to ask you so much. And I would appreciate seeing a few of those come in that, you know, getting ready for the season, show that enthusiasm, show appreciation maybe for, you know, the countdown to camp uh, that we're doing here today. And, you know, 800 is a tremendous milestone for us to accomplish. And those do help us reach more Bears fans like you, like us. And we would just love if you took some time to re- review our show on Apple Podcasts today. If you listen to Spotify, feel free to leave it there too. I do count those. Uh, that's over almost 200 now. Uh, so keep it up over there. Uh, but Apple Podcasts, the computer algorithms love it. So if you can leave a review there, please do. But like Nick said, the countdown to camp. It's going to continue every day between today and the end of next week so tomorrow for countdown to camp we'll stick with the defense and let's talk about this bears linebackers and luckily there's way less names that we need to talk about in that show so we can have some more you know lengthy conversations on roquan smith nicholas morrow we'll we'll get there uh soon but just to tease you a bit will roquan smith get what he deserves both financially and overall recognition 
What are realistic expectations for Nicholas Morrow? Who's Will? Who's Mike? And let's not forget about Sam. So many things that we need to figure out tomorrow. We'll discuss all of it and make some predictions for the group tomorrow. But until then, have a good rest of your day and bear down, Chicago.